Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash hour of devastation. A pledge to start from as little as one dollar. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Govern podcast where we talk all things Magic the Govern. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm not too bad. Not good, too bad. good. I'm enjoying that um, the pandemic is over and everything's back to normal. That's yeah, fine. unless you're in Leicester, I guess. Or anywhere else in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's kind of weird, everything's sort of going back to normal. I'm still not leaving the house, except for to go go, to, go to work. But uh, I mean, I've just been in a supermarket and it's just it's just hell. Just yep. everyone's decided nothing's happening. Everyone's decided that they can do whatever they want, not have to wear a mask, not stay away from anyone. Um, so that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Um... <laughs> Just a, just a complete failure in every every single aspect by the fantastic government that we have, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Boris. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're all going to die. It's, How are you? It's just oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just I don't know. Like isolated from the world physically, and then also in a, a bit of physical pain as I had a bit of an injury this this week. Um, Only but, you, you could know. not leave their house for three months. And mortally injure yourself. <laughs> well, I decided to do that, like, oh yeah, I'm going to be like totally ripped once lockdown's over thing, and I've uh, torn a bunch of muscles under my, my shoulder blade and given myself a winged scapula. Um, Google it, it's, uh, it looks pretty gross, and it feels pretty gross too. Yeah, thanks for thanks for sending me that picture. I, uh, yeah. It's horrified me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks very much. I mean, I'm sure it's more horrible for you, but it does look great. I mean, you don't even have to look at it. <laughs> Obviously, you've got to experience the pain and you know go through the healing process, but you don't have to look at it. No, I can feel it though. Yeah, I'm sure that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I'm I'm good. I'm surprisingly good. I think I managed to play a, a reasonable amount of, of Magic Arena at the weekend. Good job. Um, yeah, so I'm completely at, at a loss with Standard. Like, I don't really care. I don't really enjoy the format. I've played a few games of New Standard and. It's it's just like turn four Ugans everywhere, or it's just mono red, or it's just the same old, same old, and I just don't really care anymore. So I figured, why not? Why not give this historic thing a go? Why not just just stick a bunch of cards together that you know you you like to play and you miss playing, and just just give it a go? So I open up the deck builder, uh, I click on. Teferi Hero of Dominaria four times, then I click on Teferi Time Reveler four times, and there we go, we're off to a start. Stick in two copies of Search for Scanter, play set of Settle the Wreckage, just all of these cards that I've really missed playing with. Uh, and yes, yeah, so that was Saturday afternoon, I was, I was on Gold 4, and now it is Tuesday evening, and I haven't really played much today or yesterday at all, but I'm currently halfway through Diamond 2. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it turns out I'm not too bad at brewing a historic deck, and also the format is really fun, and I take back everything bad I ever said about it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, can I yeah. remind you about when you said it was terrible and you don't know what it's for? <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, I guess if you just cram a deck full of all the cards that makes everyone else miserable, but you really enjoy you're going to have a good time regardless, right? Yeah, definitely. There's just there's a certain handful of cards that just were, were really, really enjoyable to play in standard at the time, but... I feel like aren't really good enough anywhere else currently, uh, and yeah, I just 
just jammed them in a deck and was like, well, let's see what it does. And yeah, a considerable number of wins later, here we are. Super and I'm, yeah, pretty happy with it. Um, mm. Really missed Teferi Hero Dominaria. Really missed playing Search Roscanter. <laughs> really missed uh, missed mono red players attacking in you with their board when you play Settler Wreckage. <laughs> it's, it's great. You can do all those things in Pioneer, right? Uh, you can. You probably shouldn't, but you can. You absolutely can. I mean, if you ever find a deck that makes Night of the Reliquary good in that format, let me know. Because then yeah. I'll start playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, I have no interest. So how, how has your engagement with Magic been over the past week? Not bad. Opened some M21 booster packs. Nice. They were underwhelming. <laughs> I don't know what I expected, but, you know, it's nice to crack booster packs. Uh, but then quite a few drafts of M21. Cool. It's been good fun. Uh, the format seems pretty sweet, though both black and white are really bad, and the team of colours are very good. Yeah. Which is kind of weird, but um, there's some interesting archetypes, there's some, some good fun. It's quite it's quite a grindy format. Um, I've, I've been having fun with it, I've got you know some, some decent results with it. Um, the, set, the set has been a lot of fun to play, and I don't know how long it's going to last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've yet to draft it myself, but from just looking at the cards in the set, it looks like it, it could be quite fun. Uh, have you managed to, to draw like the like the mono blue mill deck yet oh yeah i've uh, forced that twice oh sweet how is it it's it's okay um the fact that you have to mulligan to teferi's tutelage is kind of a problem yeah because that's just like the best card in the deck and i've lost a lot of games when my opponent has had one or two cards left in their library <laughs> where like i've just been doing basically nothing i'm just trying to like jump block and and cast removal spells and just like just squeaking through and then on the turn they kill me, they are like one to fairy to this trigger away from dying, which is yeah. kind of frustrating. Uh, it feels it feels kind of medium because the cards that are good with that deck aren't particularly good at mitigating <laughs> your opponent killing you. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> which is kind of a problem, but it's it's, it's good fun. Like I, I enjoy so playing that. Not quite as deep as as Theros Beyond Death, but certainly a deck. Yeah, definitely a thing you can do, and I think if you open Tutelage, you probably should take it and try and draft it. Sweet. I mean, it's, it's good fun. I'm not sure you'll win many games. But yeah, I've, I've drafted like pretty much every archetype at this point. I'm having the most success with green-white, surprisingly, because Bazaar's Acolyte is a stupid card. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's just white's best common. Might be better than most of the uncommons. Um, which is the 4-mana 3-4 with lifelink that puts... A, is it 3-4? 2-3? 2-3. Yeah, 4-mana yeah. 2-3 with lifelink that puts, uh, puts on plus one, one counter on up to two target creatures. So if you just curve into that... You have a, a real hard time losing the game. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I've had a lot, I've had nice. a lot of fun and some success. So yeah, that's that's pretty much been what I've done. I opened some boosters and got nothing and did some drafts. As as it is at the moment, I guess, pretty much <laughs> as far as I can go in terms of engagement with Magic. Yeah, definitely. I, I haven't opened any physical boosters for, for a while. I guess the last one I opened was that uh, that mystery one on here. Um, but yeah, other than that, I haven't, haven't opened anything. Um, I just... There's, I know myself, like I'm not going to get to play physical magic anytime soon. I do really want to get a box of, of M21 because it does. It just looks looks great. It looks like a fantastic set, and there's a bunch of really cool and interesting cards. That at the very least, are going to go in a cube for sure. Yeah, but then you know you open like five temples in a row and feel really bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some of the rares are real bad misses in terms yeah. of value, I guess. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, there's there's some nice ones, but like op- opening some of the cards is just it feels very very bad <laughs> compared uh, to usual. I remember G- GP Birmingham last year. I got so excited that I was buying temples at two pounds each. 
yeah, oh, that was, was great a, fun. That was a poor spec in hindsight. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't think it was that bad at the time. But yeah, now nah. we know they've been printed into the ground. Yep. They're just not worth anything. Nope. I always think nope, that, not like, worth oh, anything. That's, probably that's never be a couple be. of quid. And then it's like fifty p. Great. At least one. Well, yeah. The good thing we want to talk about the rares today, isn't it? So, I figured for this week we'll bring back that that good old game that Channel Firewall also decided to bring back about a week after we did it last. Yep. <laughs> uh, we're going to go do Hit or Myth again. We had a load of fun doing that last time with Akoria. So why not just jump right in and do it for Magic Twenty Twenty One? Absolutely. And I have lots of um, preformed opinions, and I know exactly what I'm going to talk about, and it's going to last exactly an hour, and it's going to be a great podcast. Awesome. I promise. <laughs> I, I like your faith. You've got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be positive sometime, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right before a fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think with that, we should just jump right in. Uh, I'm going to go with Basri Ket. Uh, I guess we'll run over them quickly. So, one white white for legendary planeswalker Basri, three loyalty, plus one, put a plus one, plus one counter and up to one target creature, gains indestructible end of turn, minus two whenever one or more. Non-token creatures attack this turn. Create that many 1-1 white soldier creature tokens that are tapped and attacking. And minus 6, you get an emblem with at the beginning of combat on your turn. Create a 1-1 white soldier creature token. Then put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on each creature you control. I feel like it's fairly easy to say that all the planeswalkers feel like mythics. Oh, I, I was going to say this one was a, I was going to say this one was a myth. But you can, I think, in terms of power level, sure, but like, in basically I, I think... every set, planeswalkers are mythics, so it, you just kind of have to assume that they're going to be yeah yeah i think if you if you take it as i guess as, as strict as that that planeswalkers are are what planeswalkers are iconic legendary superheroes of the magic world then yeah sure they're going to be they're going to be hits every time but I, yeah i think it's as far as evaluating planeswalkers as mythics I, I don't know. I'm not feeling it, feeling it with, with Basri Ket. It's, I feel yeah, like there's, yeah. there's nothing that really stands out as, as you know, oh, something mythic or special or exciting. We don't really know anything about his character. And, I mean, we know that he's from Armand Ket. We know that he's he's one of Oketra's true warriors or something. Um, I, I'm not really sure why he's he's making soldier tokens. I mean, I think I think the thing with Basri Ket is when you read it, it seems very underwhelming. And yeah. it, it does kind of read as like a, a planeswalker deck planeswalker right hmm. like you know p- p- put a counter on creatures i mean they're getting indestructible but i mean this card does play very well um in draft it's very very good and it, it's seeing some playing constructed so it's not that underwhelming i guess yeah but yeah when you read it it's just like this doesn't feel as exciting as <laughs> I, I guess the fairy <laughs> 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 is the is, is the thing it just doesn't feel very exciting when you read it but i think it's i mean it still fits it's a planeswalker it does it, it does kind of interesting things. It does a thing we haven't seen Planeswalkers in specific do before, I guess. It has an ultimate that wins the game. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the ultimate's decent. I, I, I'll definitely give you the, like, the minus two ability, like, of, of, um, when it when a creature attacks, make that many one one white soldier creature tokens tap and attacking. That's that is quite unique for a planeswalker. I don't really know. I can't think of anything else that does something like that. So so that that is cool, definitely. I just I just guess I guess the thing that's really holding it back for me is is we don't really know anything about Basriket or who the character is, and 
I think that's something that really really affects my evaluation of the of the cards like just not knowing the law behind the behind them and like what they're meant to represent and I think yeah just kind of looking at the face of it it's just it just looks a little bit and feels a little bit underwhelming to me I see that we're continuing the theme from the last time we did this for Akoria where your justifications for why things are myths are just <laughs> have no basis <laughs> it just doesn't excite me. Like I think, for, like for me, something for something to be to be you know truly mythic, it has to be exciting. And Basriket does not excite me in the slightest. Okay, sure. I, I think we should we should move on before I, I delve any deeper. Because <laughs> I, I think I think most of most of your stuff is based on lore, which is which is fine. But I think in terms of like the way that they rank rarities, like, it's just about power level of the card, right? That's generally how it works. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. I guess I think that that's it. Really, I think we we just approach it from two slightly different angles. For me, yeah, it has to it has to feel special or feel feel exciting. Whereas, yeah, you're a bit more sensible and you're <laughs> yeah, it has to be a powerful card and cannot show yep. up too, in a draft too often. This yeah. is the only context in which I'm sensible. Let's <laughs> let's move on to the very master of time, which it's I don't think we need to read, <laughs> and I don't think we need to spend too long to say that it's definitely a hit, and then we can move on. <laughs> Right? Yeah, uh, Teferi is 100% a hit. Uh, I love and hate the fact that there are 45 different versions of the card. Yeah. Like even that, even that's a hit. Like yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just just ticks every single box. Uh, this is yeah, fantastic. The fact that it has phasing is yep, that's exciting. That's that's something totally different and special. Uh, and you, yeah, you, you, it's got a minus 10. Activate him in someone else's turn. Take two extra turns. He's ah uh, yeah. I'm all for Teferi. Big I think fan. I think as well. Like mythics are t- tends to be where they they innovate on certain things. Yeah, like for sure. push it push it uh, quite far. And you know, being able to activate at instant speed is certainly them pushing the envelope. I think on this. Yeah. Um, and uh, adding phasing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just fits every every slot of mythic. So uh, yeah, let's move on to Liliana. Yeah, I guess quickly before before I do, I haven't quite tried it yet, but I really want to do the um. The, the four Teferi historic deck, where you, you play uh, Teferi Time Raveler, Teferi Master of Time, Hero of Dominaria, and Oath of Teferi. That sounds like a mess of triggers. <laughs> just, yeah, like activating Teferi Master of Time with an Oath of Teferi in play just sounds incredible. That's something that I definitely want to do. It sounds like you might die before you set that up, but once you do, you definitely win the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that sounds good. Now we can move on. <laughs> yes, sweet. Right, Liliana, Waker of the Dead, which is two back yeah. back. <clears throat> For Legendary Planeswalker Liliana, foil loyalty. Plus one, each player discards a card. Each opponent who can't loses three life. Minus three, target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of cards in your graveyard. And minus seven, you get emblem with the beginning of combat on your turn. Put target creature from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It gains haste. Mythic. Myth, hit, hit, whatever the hit. good thing is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think this is a hit as well. Um, yeah, like that that plus one is a classic Liliana the Veil ability, essentially, isn't it? I mean, this card is very very close to Liliana the Veil. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, like not probably not for eternal formats because it costs four mana, and I think that's, that's a yeah. big that's a big break. But it, it reads very similarly. Like you've got plus one, which is discarding cards at parity, I guess, and mm. it also deals three damage. Um, and then the minus three is to choose what you kill. Yeah, to kill a thing. Yeah. So you can come in immediately, kill something, and still be around. Um, and the emblem wins the game, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 a it's a sweet card. Um, I like it a lot. I think it's probably got some minor constricted abilities, probably after rotation. 
I, I like this card a lot with Croxer. Yeah, probably, yeah. And, st- and stuff like that, like a, a black-red mid-range style deck, because it immediately fuels Croxer and also does a similar thing to Croxer, um, which is sweet. But yeah, I think this card's just a, a, an easy hit, and I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I think... I think the for me there are there are two things that kind of let it down slightly. I mean, I do definitely agree that it, it's a hit, but I think the I do think that the the ultimate is slightly underwhelming. Um, it like yeah, sure, nine out of ten times, eighty is probably going to win you the game or win you the game eventually, but it doesn't feel as instantly game winning as like previous Liliana like emblems or ultimates have, uh, and also. I do kind of wish they'd they'd uh, kept her name change from uh, from War of the Spark Forsaken. <laughs> She's got a new name. Yeah, if if it had been Anna Anna Yora, I don't know, comma whatever you want to call her, and then Legendary Planeswalker Liliana, that would have been cool. That would have been quite exciting. But, yeah, but you're yeah. literally the only person in the entire world who knows that detail. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> confused everyone else and also that book is not canon so yeah that is true that is true <laughs> sure that would have been fun I guess <laughs> um, yeah this, this this card's great and I'm um, I'm happy to call this one a hit yeah I agree cool right Chandra Heart of Fire what does she do yes uh, she's three red red for a five loyal planeswalker you can plus one discard your hand then exile the top three cards of your library until end of turn you may play cards exile this way plus one Chandra Heart of Fire deals 2 damage to any target and minus 9, search your graveyard and library for any number of red instant and or sorcery cards, exile them then shuffle your library, you may cast them this turn add 6 red Now this I guess fits into Mythic in a way that I think all Planeswalkers just inherently do, unless you're in War of the Spark I guess, or M20 (laughs) Um, but it's just generic Chandra things and it's not very exciting Um, the plus 1 is kind of bad sometimes, kind of good sometimes the fact that it has two plus ones and one of them is a pseudo removal spell, I guess, is kind of good. Mm. And then the ultimate, I don't really think, comes into conversation when you're discussing planeswalkers most of the time. Yeah, unless it's a fairy, I guess, because <laughs> getting there is very <laughs> likely. But yeah, it's just it's doing generic Chandra things. It's nothing particularly innovative. It's not that powerful. It's fine, I guess. I think this is a hit. I fully think this is a hit in God, the, the term, damn it. term of hit or myth. Because uh, it's it's doing exciting, stupid, big red things. <laughs> like mi- minus nine, you're never going to do that. But when you are, it's it's gonna it's gonna end the game. You're gonna do something stupid. Sure. Uh, okay. It's 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 exciting. It's not the most powerful thing, and it's it's probably never going to see play in standard ever. Or <laughs> but. <laughs> in in terms of at least the way I'm approaching hit or myth, this this card excites me. It's it's exciting. It's 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 just it's just so generically Chandra that I'm kind of bored by it. Yeah, you know, like like with most Chandras really, apart from Torture Defiance, I think they're all just they're just flavors of the same Chandra, and they sort of rota- ro- rotate the abilities and then have a random ultimate on them. It's just like a dis- discard your hand, exile the top three, which I'm not sure we've seen specifically, but it's that kind of thing, right? It's like wheel draw two. Yeah. Uh, or like you know, exile the top card. You can cast it and then deal two damage, and then an ultimate, which largely doesn't affect anything ever. <laughs> so, like, I, I, yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of bored by by Chandra in general. I think I think she's just yeah. quite a boring character, um, and she has quite boring cards most of the time. And most of the cards associated with her are quite boring. And I'd like a new Red Planeswalker, please, because we we see a cycle through most of the other ones. Like we we apart from Liliana, we see a cycle through the the main coloured planeswalkers of the set, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So you flip flop with with your green planeswalker and your blue planeswalker and your white planeswalker, and we've just had Chandra forever, and I'm bored of Chandra. Like, can we have Koth in the Gatewatch when we go back to New Phyrexia definitely next year? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I just, yeah, I'd just I guess some like a new, well, not new, but like, I guess new blood, right? Yeah, for sure. To just I, visit every every set. I get that definitely. I think one of the things is is Chandra is the most popular planeswalker by far. That's what I'm um, saying. <laughs> yeah, I, remember, uh, I can't remember which article it was in last year, but it was one of Mark Rosewater's articles last year. Um, we he, he said, "Yeah, Chandra is the most popular one." I think it's twice she's the face of the Netflix show as well. And yeah, I, I can't imagine that'll change anytime soon. Really, I, I mean, I think, think I quite, I think I quite like her characterization. I think like she, it's it's an, it's no surprise that she's just an incredibly likable character. Um, just because of her nature, because of the fact that she has fire hair, <laughs> like the whole you know the the, the like Kaladesh story arc was was it was, was sweet. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. It was it was really nice. Um, but I just think in, term, in terms of cards, like every time I see a Chandra Planeswalker, I'm just bored. But like yeah, it, char- yeah. you know, character wise, and like you know, in um, in in stories, if we ignore War of the Spark completely for <laughs> obvious reasons, um, just like story wise, she's very she's very compelling as a character. But I just think in terms of cards, her cards are always quite dull, and I'm sick of what she does. And I'd like a new red planeswalker to fill that gap because I think there's yeah. things you can do with Liliana where she does different things kind of every time, and they're, they're a bit different. Whereas Chandra's always like the same rotating four abilities. That kind yeah, of dull. for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's a hit. But <laughs> I mean, the art on this yeah, one is I, great. I, I get it. I, I definitely, I definitely understand. But yeah, for me, it's it's. It's exciting. It's got two plus abilities and a ridiculous ultimate. Sign yeah, me yeah. up. I mean, yeah, I'm very aware that this this whole dialogue is going to piss off one very specific person. I'm excited for them to hear it. But yeah, Chandra's <laughs> just kind of boring. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on to a, a, a character I like a lot more, which is uh, Garrick Unleashed. Oof. Which, when I search it, I keep typing Garrick Unleashed. <laughs> which I don't know where that comes from uh, Garrick Unleashed is 2 green green for a foil loyalty legendary planeswalker Garrick plus 1 up to 1 target creature gets plus 3 plus 3 and gains trample until end of turn minus 2 you create a 3 3 green beast creature token then if an opponent controls more creatures than you put a loyalty counter on Garrick Unleashed minus 7 you get an emblem with the beginning of your end step you may search your library for a creature card put it onto the battlefield and shuffle your library it's nice to have a monogreen Garrick yep yeah I think that alone kind of puts it into a hit for me uh, it's yeah. been so long since we've had just just garrick it's it's garrick back finally free of his curse gets to do his thing uh, and be, i mean he, he does his thing definitely he makes a beast he makes something big and has an ultimate that probably wins the other game but i think it's really cool to see this card back it's yeah you know like i guess like your your, your chandra planeswalker or your, your liana planeswalker pretty much like it's doing a lot of the same things or similar things as there's different monocolored incarnations of the card have done in the past but it's been such a long time since we've had garrick on a card like this mono green garrick it's it's a real welcome return and i'm super happy to see this and yeah i think that alone makes it a hit for me i mean i I think i'd prefer it if the return of garrick wasn't in this context i kind of wish we had like an m15 star set where he was the, the big deal Whereas he's just like, I mean, I'm not sure what the hell the law's going on with this set, or in general. But he's kind of just here, because they had to include a green planeswalker, and they can with Garrick now. And I guess he was yeah. he was kind of like a big deal with Throne of Aldrain, but also he had a black-green card, and he definitely wasn't the focus of that set. He was like a tertiary plotline, yeah. pretty much. Um, 
so it's sad to see like the return of his like big beloved planeswalker who you know in m15 had a set pretty much dedicated to, entirely to him it to see his return just be kind of like oh he's a planeswalker in the set and we don't really get much to do with him which is kind of sad i kind of wish we'd had you know a big garrick theme set because this is yeah, the fairy I mean, set and it's it's sad I, to I, see. I assume we, we will get one fairly soon i mean from, from the fact that the the basics like so the alternate art basics in this set uh, they're all from that planeswalker's home plane uh, so this is the first time that we see Garrick's home plane depicted on a card. That's pretty cool. So that's I do a, like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a hint of something, isn't it? Now, in terms of the power level of the card, yeah, it's doing Garricky things, which I just it complained is. not liking Chandra about. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it, it's kind of okay. I just I don't like it's a minus two. I think you could make that a minus one, and then sometimes it's a zero, and that would be fine. Yeah. A plus one being a giant growth plus trample is kind of medium. It does protect itself, I guess. And it does the Garricky thing where like you get to make a beast token and then you have to do something else with the planeswalker. Um the ultimate's fine. <laughs> I, I never really care about ultimates in terms of yeah. determining how good planeswalkers are. It, it's kind of fine. It, it feels kind of mythic-y. Um it, yeah, it does Garrick things. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's just really nice to have a mono green Garrick back. It does kind um, of Elspethy things actually. This yeah. is very Elspethy. Like plus one is Power and toughness augmentation and and evasion, and then yeah. minus two is make a token. It's very similar to like no, Elspeth Knight, Saren, or Tyrell, whichever one. Whichever one. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's. I'm I'm okay with this Garrick. It's it's yeah. nice to oh, see him back. It's a hit to me. Yeah. Cool. So next up we have Mangara the Diplomat. It's three and a white for a legendary hu- uh, legendary creature, human cleric. Two four has lifelink, and whenever an opponent attacks with creatures, if two or more of those creatures are attacking you and/or planeswalkers you control, draw a card. Whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, draw a card. This is a hit, I guess. Yeah, it's white card draw. It's a yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, a couple of weeks. <laughs> is, ago, is, is there, is there anything more mythic than, than white card draw? Yeah. <laughs> a white a white card that says draw a card, and it doesn't have yeah. to do with whether you have less cards in hand than your opponent. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I I like this card a lot. I think it was designed exclusively for commander. Yeah. Um, and it's probably quite good there. It's probably like the, the fourth best white card in commander now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's 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 a sweet design. It's cool to see Mangara back. I hope we get lore yeah. about Mangara because we didn't really the first time in Time Spiral Future Sight Planar Chaos. One of them. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a cool card. It, it's also quite powerful, and I it's got it's got a lot of words on it, so it's probably got to be mythic, right? <laughs> kind of this many yeah, words. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I I think yeah for all those reasons there and yeah just just the fact that it's white card draw to hit for me. Yeah, I think big I mean, fan, that makes it big enough. fan of this card. Yeah. Cool, let's move on to Discontinuity. Which, which continuity? <laughs> Damn it, I didn't even realise this was one of those jokes. Discontinuity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, three and three blue for an instant. As long as it's your turn, this spell costs two and two blue less to cast, which making it one and a blue. End the turn. Yeah, I, this is a hit for me. I love this card. It's like, it's like an anti-time walk. It's incredible. Did we need a strictly better time stop? Uh... Yes, why not? I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess it's not really bad. I don't really it, know. It's got a more restrictive mana cost, I guess, but yeah, uh, this card's certainly cool. It's not a yeah. thing I expected them to do again, really, because the last time we saw like a, a thing that ends the turn was Sundial of the Infinite. Was that like eight years uh, ago at this point? Yeah. <laughs> like nine <laughs> years ago we saw like a proper just like end the turn effect, yeah, yeah. as opposed to like um, 
have we seen other things that end the turn? No, it's just like taking each turn, lose the game at the end of that turn. Yeah, Discon only is a sweet card, and it's also very good. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's fantastic. This fully fully excites me. Um, yeah, this this is the kind of card that I just see and go like, where's this gonna, where's this gonna fit in? How how do we break this? I, I definitely want to see what players who are far more intelligent and creative than myself can can do and it's definitely <laughs> definitely net deck that x i mean i think it's nice uh, I that love this i think it's nice that in in you know the winter of wilderness reclamation for it's you know finally going to rotate out after years of dominance uh, yep. that they finally reprinted nexus of fate <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that's very good of them to do so that you can just not that nexus has ever really uh, not that wilderness reclamation has ever really been bad but you can just play that exact same deck again for a bit <laughs> yeah this card plays very similar to that from what i've seen which might be a problem, but also we don't get to do that for very long. But it's just, it's just yeah. I'm a big fan. I think, it's, I think it's a hit. It's a nice answer to the Wilderness Reclamation decks as well, though, because they, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they start to untap and go off, and then you just go, nope, end the turn. Yeah, it's 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 a sweet cut. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad they, they printed it. Let's see how problematic it might be going forward. Um, but, yeah, it's a sweet cut. Yeah, I love it. Now let's move on to a card I have a lot to say about. Let's do it. It's Grim Tutor. That is one black black for a sorcery. Search your library for a card, put that card into your hand, and then shuffle your library. You lose three life. This is an uncommon change by mind. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Mm, it, it, it is. It, it's, an uncommon, it's definitely an uncommon effect. Yep. Uh, it's, a, it's a mythic because of price and prowess if nothing else yeah for sure it's it is it's, it's a mythic because of because of the rarity of the card prior to this and the desirability of the card yep. by players who may like to collect them yeah if you put this at uncommon you like it's obviously this is going to tank the, this is this is tanked the price of Grim, uh, Grim Tutor cards but the starter yep. 99 versions are still holding some of their value and will go back up once once this set is out of print uh, if you put this at uncommon that just kills the price completely and that, that card is no longer desirable. You have to put this a mythic because it's just. It, I'm not sure it's desirable, but you know it's a scarce card. Well, that, that's the that's the the phrasing they used. It's desirable and desirability yeah. and yeah. collectability. Sure, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So it has to be mythic. But like, if you put this on common limited, would be fine. Because how many times have you not put diabolic tutor in your limited deck? Every time. Oh yeah. No, I yeah. mean, I've played it a non-zero amount of times, but yeah, certainly. Yeah. Certainly not every time. And I don't think this is doing anything as standard currently. Um, it is. Uh, I don't know if it's doing anything good in standard, but yeah. it's uh, it's definitely in the the mono black um, underworld dreams uh, peer into the abyss deck. Sure, exactly like a kind of meme deck. <laughs> I think I think yeah, kind of meme that. deck, which it you know it 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 kicks around gold. It's okay. Yeah, sure, sure. It's that's, not unplayable. That's fine, yeah, <laughs> but like that's the thing. This is this is just an uncommon card that has to be mythic. Yeah, because of because of availability. Because reasons. of the because of the price and availability. Because yeah, it, because it's, it's a grim tutor. Well, it's it's like you know if they printed demonic tutor, not that they would, but like you, you could put that at rare, I guess. Nah, they would put demonic tutor at method. They would, definitely. but like you could put it at rare. Wait, wasn't it rare in Ultimate Masters? Was it mythic? Um, not that I don't those... remember, but master master sets are different. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. can do whatever you want. In yeah, master set. I I don't. I don't. I think this card's a huge myth, and I, I think it's cool to see it. I'm glad that it's got a reprint. Um, I'm never going to play it as long as I live. <laughs> um, it's it's a mythic for for those reasons only, and I understand that. So I guess maybe that makes it a hit because you kind of have to. 
but you could put this at uncommon if those uh, factors didn't apply. I yeah, I think this this is a myth as well. Um, it if not for the for the scarcity of the previous version of this card, then this this would you're right. This would have never been a mythic. This probably wouldn't have been in the set. Like if if Grim Tutor had already been reprinted, like in a commander product or like multiple commander products over the past couple of years, then I don't even th- I don't think this would be in this set. No, I agree. It's I agree. it's yeah. exciting, but it's only exciting because because of the lack of scarcity because of the scarcity of the of the, of the, the previous version. Um, but yeah, if if the, if this had been. Um, I don't know. I was, I was gonna say if this had been demonic tutor, then it would probably be a myth. But no, I think demonic tutor might might actually be a hit because that is all. Demonic tutor is always exciting. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but if if this had been, I don't know. If this had been like imperial recruiter, let's say, then I think that would have been a a, a myth as, as as well. Yeah, it's just it's not that it, a power level. Like it's just not a mythic. Because tutors, we've seen tutors at rare. We've seen tutors that are maybe better than this, maybe worse than this at rare. Like it just, it's not. And it's yeah, definitely. It's it's as power level goes. It's not that powerful. And as I guess, what I'm seeing is you know the excitability or whatever of the card. It's it, it the only thing that makes it exciting is is the scarcity. Yeah, and I the fact agree. that oh, that you you can open one and go oh oh great a grim tutor I'll tr- I can trade this away for cards I need which like, yeah which yeah. I guess plays into the mythic value of a card right like in when you in, open... in in a meta context yeah, yeah but yeah. in the oh this is a fun cool exciting card then not really no, no it's the opposite tutors are the opposite of exciting cards <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're not exciting cards they go and get I you know, I do I cards. do I do love a demonic tutor. Yeah, but you love a demonic and, tutor, and a when can, tutor when it can go and get you the card that wins the game or an ancestral recall. Those are the, those are the yeah. context in which yeah, demonic tutor is exciting, right? <laughs> yeah. Like um, Mastermind's acquisition, that's not an exciting card, but it's exciting when it goes and gets you the card that wins you the game. Yeah, that's so, true. That's yeah. true. Right, let's move on to Fiery Emancipation. So, three and three red for an enchantment. If a source you control would deal damage to a permanent player, it deals triple that damage to that permanent player instead. <laughs> I think this is a massive myth. Um, Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think this. Uh, I don't know. It, it, if this had been the first time that we'd seen this this triple effect or this, oh yeah, I guess this triple effect really. Then I think it this would be this would be a hit. This would be, this is ridiculous. It's it's a big six mana red mythic. It's going to do some ridiculous, exciting things somewhere. Someone's going to figure out how to do something stupid with it, but. Like yeah, we've at this point we've seen multiple like triple effects. It's just not exciting anymore. I think that the the joke got got old very quickly. I mean, it's just it's I guess the red version of uh, Nick's Blue Mansion. Yeah, definitely. They're doing things that have historically been double, and now you get to do triple. And I guess there'll probably be a blue card at some point that draws triple the cards because we've seen Teferi's whatever whatever the enchantment yeah. is in in this set that doubles the card draw, and then the white one will be. Triple your disappointment. Gain three lives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Triple the amount of life you would gain. Yeah, it, it, it's it's. I guess it's fine. You kind of can't put this at rare because it's just stu- such a stupid effect. And like I said, pushing new boundaries, right? And it's not an exciting boundary to push, but this does push a new boundary, right? Yeah, like tri- I, tripling damage as opposed to doubling. Damage. And we've doubled damage since like, stronghold. So yeah, that's it. It's yeah, you are you're you're technically you are pushing new boundaries, but. Like it, I don't know. Is is tripling really that much more relevant than doubling? 
in the cases where it counts. In Commander, yeah. <laughs> like, if you already have, like, if you already have a spell or effect that does, uh, let's say, like, 100 damage, is is doing 300 damage really going to do more than 200 damage? Yeah, but dealing 1 damage and dealing 3 damage are massively different. Yeah, but it's 6 mana. Yeah, I mean, my main my main problem with this is why doesn't it cost 2 and 4, bre- four red? Yeah. <laughs> like, if Furnace of Wrath costs 1, 3 red for double damage, yeah. this should surely cost that. Cause it's double the, this double, is, yeah. This has got to be, like, one of the reddest cards they've ever released, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. So it surely is, it should be at least quad red. red. At least. Because yeah. of what it does. Yeah, I think it's kind of a myth, but I kind of understand why it's mythic. I'm just not yeah. a very into the idea, I guess. Yeah, same. I, I, think, I think I'm with you on that. Like, for me, if they'd... If they'd done this in the last core set... I would have been like, "Oh, this is this is stupid. It does triple damage. Yeah, sure, this is a hit. Let's go for it." But yeah, at, at this point, everything's everything's been pushed so much anyway that yeah, yeah. triple tri- like triple damage in red just doesn't really feel like like anything really. Well, there. This is the world we live in now, where you see something like this that like oh, if what yeah. your your amber cleave is going to do sixty instead of twenty? That just kills me anyway. Like right, okay, well. Yeah. Like- on that line of thinking, should we move on to the next card? Because I think that yeah, as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's go for this next one. Um, <laughs> Elder Gargaroth is three green green for a creature beast. It's a six six vigilance reach trample. Whenever Elder Gargaroth attacks or blocks, choose one. Create a three three green beast creature token. You gain three life or draw a card. It's so ridiculous how shit this card is. <laughs> yeah, this card is just it's, it's bad. Just not it's, good. it's not a good card. But it reads like you re- the first time you read it, like what the hell have they done now? Like this is too good. Um, like a five mana six six with vigilance reach and trample. Yeah, that's a good card. And then also when it attacks, it gets a, a token and three life and draws a card. And also when it blocks, like yeah. you put you write you write all that down. You're like, well, this is clearly a mythic. This is clearly ridiculous. This is clearly. A, a, another long line of push green cards and then you play it once you're like eh, it's fine it's kind of fun. yeah also in the context of, of this current standard just like when teferi exists this card's a joke yeah in the context of this current standard if you're playing this on like if you're playing this on turn four or five then you're not winning that game nope. there are much better things you can play instead i think with this card, I think you you have to give it different evaluations depending on where you're playing it. I think if you're playing this in limited, then oh, it's insane. This is, yeah. it's this is probably just just a hit in limited. It's yeah, it's fantastic. It's gonna block a Baneslayer Angel all day long. So yes, you know it's it's fantastic in limited. But just just in in general, I think when we've seen when we've seen just the ridiculous. Like other cards over the past twelve months, and and I guess prior to that for some cards, this just doesn't feel like a mythic at all to me. Like you put this I mean, this up against against Crest and Beast, and Crest and Beast looks and feels far more exciting than this does. Yeah, definitely, and more broken. I mean, this yeah. is. I mean, I mean, this is. It's it's okay in sideboards. You know, it's bringing against the aggro matchups because a five mana six six that blocks and also gets card advantage is absurd in those matchups. But it's not like the exciting kind of big green myth you got to build a deck around. It's not like yeah, primordial yeah. Hydra, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, totally. It's uh, it, it's just everything reads completely bananas and then plays out completely medium. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kind of, I mean, if you get to keep it in play for two turns, you just straight up win that game, obviously. But it's just it just shows how far greens come where this just isn't that exciting anymore. <laughs> yeah, if you no, think definitely. about it for more than two minutes, you're just like, ah, oh, that's just kind of what I expect. It's just kind of what I think from green. I mean, like you're saying with with fire emancipation, you're just like, well, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, this card exists. 
Because, yeah. like I said, three years ago, if they released Skype, like, what the hell is this? This is completely bonkers. And I'm like, well, yeah, this is clearly what the Green Mythic of it isn't a Planeswalker of the set should do. Of course, this is what it is. I, I don't even, yeah, I don't even think it. It should like it. It should be better than this. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Like, I think I think the, it should. the green the green mythic that isn't a planeswalker shouldn't shouldn't die a heartless act. Like yeah, I mean I think this 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 should be. I think it should also have an ETB. Yeah, and then you at, just, the, like, at the very least it should have an ETB. Yeah, yeah. but like create a two two wolf, gain two life, and scry two. When it ETBs or attacks or blocks. Or even like yeah, when it ETBs, create. When ETBs create two one-one green beast creature tokens, because uh, it's yeah. it's the Elder Gargaroth and it's brought some some young ones with it on the yeah. hunt, or some saplings or something. Yeah, right? yeah. But yeah, this is kind of it, it's certainly a hit, but in terms of actual playability, it feels like a miss. Amazing. Yeah, I think I think this is a big a big miss to me, a big myth to me. Sure, right. Let's move on to one that's definitely a big myth, and I'm very sad about it. Uh, yeah. The aforementioned Baneslayer Angel. <laughs> yes, Baneslayer Angel is next. Yeah. Three white white for a creature angel five five flying first strike lifelink protection from demons and from dragons. This card is like two pounds. <laughs> this card is yeah. so sad. It's so sad to see this card be so bad. Oh, I I I really don't know what what grade to give it here. I feel like my oh, it's a it's a it ha- well, first of all, my it my my be... head my my head says a myth, but my heart says a hit. And that's the problem because yeah. you because you look at the card and it's so iconic. It just has it has that iconic art, just all of that text, just yeah, the five mana five five flyer. It's 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 always going to be good, but yeah, in in the context of magic in twenty twenty. Sadly, I think Baneslayer is a myth. Unfortunately, so yeah, just yeah. I mean, what was it like? Nine years ago when this card first came out. Yeah, something like that. Then at that point in that context, it's. I mean, then again, you did have the Titans as well, I guess. So yeah, in like in in that context, it's a, a big hit. But in this context, it's just so mopey. I mean, this one has to be a hit for limited reasons. There's no way you can allow this to yeah, be a rare. Prob- probably, but it's not even the best card for limited in the set. That's true. Like you, there are lo- most. I think pretty much all removal spells deal with this, apart from maybe the green fight one, which you know even then you can probably get to do it at some point. Yeah, but like all the removal spells apart from grasp of fate, grasp of darkness, get rid of this. Yeah, I just. It's you know. It's I not. Don't, don't think it's Baneslayer's time anymore. No, it's, it's, it's not the home yeah, I, I don't. I don't even think it's. It's not the best Mythic Limited in the set at all. Well, yeah, because when well, again when this, when this was first spoiled, you're like, what? They brought it back, and then you're like, oh, what? They brought it back? Because it's just yeah. it's just not that exciting anymore. It's not you know, w- w- this was card was like sixty dollars when it was first in standard, and now it's like <laughs> I could buy one now for less than a coffee, and that's not right for Baneslayer Angel. <laughs> it, it's yeah, like I said, it's very sad. Oh, the mighty have fallen. Yeah, it's yeah, it's sad. It's sad, but this is definitely a myth at this point. It's it's a hit for for historic reasons, I guess. Not the format, yeah. but the oh, yeah. the word. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm, I want to move on to one that's definitely a hit, and I'm very excited about. Oh yeah, I uh, yeah. Speaking of speaking of reprints, yeah. of of classic iconic cards. Yeah, my boy Masker Worm. Masker Worm, yeah. yeah. Three black, black, black. Three Worm, six five. When Masker Worm enters the battlefield, creatures your opponents control get minus two, minus two until end of turn. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, that player loses two life. Unless you're playing on Magic Online currently, in, in oh. which case there is a bug currently. Oh, well, they don't lose two life. 
No, yeah, oh, they don't currently. That's one of the best <laughs> things about this card. Yeah, uh, yeah, and this is my. And they did, they did pride at this card being being reprinted in this set. So I don't know what happened Incredible. there. Incredible. Uh, this is my favorite infest variant. Just double the cost of infest and make it a six five that also has upside. Uh, yeah, this. I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a if if this was a rare in this set. Because I don't think it has much constructed connotations. And like you said, like similar with Baneslayer, like standard power level has moved on since this card was first printed. Yeah, definitely. It's such a sweet card. Yeah, you're right. Standard power level has moved on, but at the very least, like Massacre Worm has an ETB and it's a pretty good ETB at that. And then also has a static ability that you know, is is gonna is gonna get you there sometimes. I'm very excited for a whole new world of arena players to not realise that that's a static ability and not a triggered ability. Yeah. <laughs> so they just keep losing two life whenever a creature dies. Yeah, this this card's just just excellent. Um, it's one of my favorite cards I think ever. Um, and I'm, I'm, yeah, it's it just feels so powerful and it feels really it feels like a black card. Yeah, like if we're talking about fire emancipation being the reddest card you can release. This is probably the blackest card you can release. Just you know, it decimates the board and is also deals some damage and is also a gigantic disgusting worm with horrible teeth. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think I think this one hits for me. Yeah, I love Massacre Worm. Massacre Worm's fantastic card design. I- I think it's great. Love it. Absolutely love it. 100% a hit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Let's move, let's move on to another one, which I like a lot. Yeah. So we've got Terror of the Peaks, which is three red red for a dragon. It has flying. Spells your opponent's cast that target Terror of the Peaks costs an additional three life to cast. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Terror of the Peaks deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target, and it is a 5-4. Yeah. Wow. This card's pretty good. This card is very good. Uh, did you have uh, Strictly Better Thunderbreak Region on your 2020 bucket list? Oh, I did not. And it, it it kind of pains me a bit because I love Th- I love Thunderbreak Region. It's one of my favorite cards. I mean, this is not Strictly Better, isn't it? Okay. I mean, yeah, it's it's not... Yeah, it's not Strictly Better, but it is... It's a more powerful card, definitely. Uh, but it also costs one more mana, yeah. Yeah, but like... That's where the uh, that's where this card's built on, right? So like, what if we yeah. just push Thunderbreak Region a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. This is just this is just huge game. Like a <laughs> a five pound five four flyer is just great. It's also kind of a pain to deal with, like bolting them whenever you whenever you try and kill it is is big game. And then it just also has Warstorm Surge on it for some reason to any target. <laughs> so you can yeah. just off your opponent's creatures whenever you cast a creature spell. This card's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely definitely a hit. I think for me. Um... It's yeah. You, you see one of these come down on the board in, in limited, or your pre-release, or if you're playing sealed or whatever. Then yeah, you, you know, whoever controls this, this dragon is going to win the game definitely. Yeah, it's 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 just it's just so good. I love this card so much. <laughs> it's going straight into Ilhag, obviously. Uh, yeah, and plus it's it's a dragon. Every core set should have a dragon. And this one, and this one's great. This one's it's, a, it's it's a pretty big red dragon, and yeah, it's the best core set dragon we've had in a while. Right. Okay. Next one, which is not in the set, but is technically in the set in Rin and Seri Inseparable, which is uh, one red, green, white for legendary creature, dog, cat. Whenever you cast a dog spell, create a one-one green cat creature token. Whenever you cast a cat spell, create a one-one white dog creature token, and you can pay red, green, white. And tap it, it deals damage to any target equal to the number of dogs you control, you gain life to the number of cats you control, and it's a 4-4. Four, four. 
Myth should have been a cat dog. <laughs> Completely agree. Why is it dog cat? Why is it not cat dog? Why can you not appeal to the Ren and Stimpy crowd and the cat dog crowd at the same time? I, I, I don't know. But I wonder. I wonder if. I wonder if it being a cat dog might have actually been a legal issue. Well, cat dog is one word, right? That's got to be the, the trademark cat dog. Yeah. Is. Yeah. True. Yeah, cat dog is one word, sure. So it's got nothing to do with that then. Yeah, I thought, I don't know, maybe about... maybe they would have been worried about yeah. whoever, like Nickelodeon's lawyers coming for them or something. You know, we're talking about what IPs you'd like to see in Magic. Yeah. Cat dog is definitely top of that list now. <laughs> and Brennan <Brilliant laughs> Stimpy. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, we now we, we've got dogs. Definitely, like, give me a Courage of Cowardly Dog, definitely. Oh, dude. Yeah, a Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon set. That would be great. Yeah. I'm into it, I'm into it. Um, this is a hit, I think, just because of yep. it's stupid. It's a dog commander we finally have, and a cat commander, and it's a dog cat commander, and it, it does things, and it's three colours, and it's a black box promise, so it has to be mythic, so let's move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think we need to discuss it, really. It's, 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 a, it's a great card. It's probably not one that i'll ever play ever but it's yeah it's it has its audience and they love it and yeah it's 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 the dog commander or the cat commander sure it's a hit yeah build this is your commander deck and then the first time you play it'd be massively underwhelmed <laughs> so i don't think this card's that good okay right two more yep the next one's quite easy i think you should have to yeah. take on this one because he's your boy oh he is it's ugin the spirit dragon it is eight mana it? For a legendary planeswalker, Ugin. Plus two, Ugin the Spirit Dragon deals three damage to any target. Minus X, exile each permanent with convert mana cost X or less, that's one or more colours. Minus ten, you gain seven life, draw seven cards, put up to seven permanent cards from your hand on the battlefield, and you start off with seven loyalty. The most mythic mythic to ever mythic. Yeah, I love Ugin. Yeah. Love Ugin. It's just just a hit. Oh, He's already ruined and standard. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, cast him on turn four in modern, cast him on turn four in pioneer, cast him on turn four in standard. It's it's yeah, he's great. I love Ugin. I think we didn't we didn't really appreciate that the first time we talked about this card being in this set. Is that the last time it was in standard, you had to naturally get to eight mana before it won you the game. Yeah, and that was when you know during or like as, as close to to eight mana as, as you could like yeah. you could have like a Lana War Elf or two as well. And yeah, yeah. But last thing like generally, um, when when Fate Reforged was in standard, the ramp spells weren't that good, so being like a good ramp deck was not really a thing. Yeah, for a long time, <clears throat> even when you had Elvish Mystic and Seven Carriers, and now you just get to do it so quickly. <laughs> At yeah, this point, you have Growth Spiral and Uro and Cultivate. Um, it's it's just it's very stupid, and then this card just wins the game on the spot. Like it's it's so hard to to lose a game when you resolve an Ugin. Yeah, it's it's, it's incredibly stupid. So yeah, the biggest hit ever, um, obviously. Yeah, it's uh, great. I I just, yeah, it's great. I think it's a fantastic reprint as well. Really happy to see it here. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on to the last one. My favorite card ever printed. Take it away. <laughs> Chromat- Literally, please. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Chromatic Orrery is a seven mana legendary artifact. You may spend manas there at a mana of any colour. Tap it to add five colourless mana to your mana pool. Pay five and tap it. Draw a card for each colour and one permanence you control. I guess this has to be a hit, but I hate it so much I wish it was a myth. Yeah. Uh, again, it's it's doing that thing for me where I'm like, uh, my head says that it's a hit, but my heart says it's a myth. Yep, yep. It's, it's not very exciting because we've seen we've seen 
cards that are so explicitly designed with Commander in mind nowadays. Like in every set, every set has one. Every set has something like this, and it's it's just not that exciting anymore. Yeah, I mean, if you want to hear how I feel about this, go to two weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I hate this card so much. It's so stupid, and I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I guess. You can cast it on turn three in Tron, right? That's a thing you can do. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can cast it on turn three. I mean, you can, but. And then you untap and play another land and cast Ember called the uh, Promised Land. Oh, yeah. Baby, what a deck! I hate this card very much. I wish it didn't exist. That's that's all I have to say. I, I like. I understand why it has to be mythic and you know why it exists, but I wish it didn't, and I hate it. I think I hate this more than I hate the existence of Oko and Fail of Summer combined. It's just it's just <laughs> wow. it's just forcing commander cards into sets. I'm just like, look at this big thing, stupid thing that everyone you like this, right? This is what you want. This is what you want from your big seven mana mythics and commander, right? And like, no. I can't remember the last time I put a seven mana card in my commander deck. Just leave me alone. I don't want this. Yeah, I guess I guess the plus to that is like at least like at least this isn't like another arcane signet. Like at least it's it's not like mandatory in every single commander deck. Yeah, sure. Card. Sure, I guess that's a plus. The plus is it's not completely busted. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess we can say about most of these cards to be fair at this point. In the, in the year 2020, I'm just glad that most of these cards aren't busted. <laughs> Apart from Ugin, obviously. That is true. And to fairy probably. <laughs> Only two of yeah, these cards are busted. That's fine, right? I guess yeah, comparing it to like mythic artifacts in in core sets previously, it's like it's got nothing on like like Crucible of Worlds, does it? It's better than Ring of Crucible. Crucible Worlds, sorry, mythic, yeah. yeah, it's better than Ring of Three Wishes. Mm, that is true. <laughs> it's not as good as our Hammer Attack of. There's this is the one we get this time, and it's kind of bad. Yeah, I mean, it's someone's going to play it against me in Commander, and then. Immediately win the game on the untap, and I'm going to feel stupid. But also, this card does suck, and please don't put it in your deck. Unless you can like cheat it out on turn three with like a Tinker style effect, right? And even yeah. then, like just put a bonus to sit down to play and move on with your life. Like yeah, or like unless you're doing some sort of like like silly like Joda tribal, and you're playing like Joda as your commander, and you're playing Fist of the Suns as well, and you're trying to do all of those those things, daughter nothingness. Yeah, things. I guess this this. Uh, this taps exactly to cast your Fist of Sun spells, doesn't it? Yeah. Cool. Cool. So we found play it in Fist of Sun's Tribal. Why, why not? Yeah, this is probably okay. Because you cast it for five mana, and then it's another cast of a spell with Fist of the Sun's or Joda. Sure thing. We broke it. Good job. <laughs> cool. Well, that's that's all of them. Yeah. Uh, how how do you how do you feel overall? I guess about about this set. I do briefly want to bring up the fact that I don't yeah. really understand why Sublime Epiphany isn't a mythic. If ever was a card, a card was meant to be mythic, Sublime Epiphany should surely be a mythic, no? Yeah, you'd you'd think so. I think the the discontinuity effect is probably just a bit more mythic. Yeah, than, it felt like those than very very cryptic command. It felt <laughs> very 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 cryptic command. It felt like these two were sort of switched at a certain point. But I mean, yeah. like if you've ever once you start drafting the set, tell me how you feel when you resolve a sublime epiphany. You just win on the spot. And I don't yeah. think you do with this discontinuity. If we're talking about, you know, limited power level and stuff like this card's stupid. You win like 90% of games where you resolve a spell. It's very dumb. Is it is it that good and limited? I don't I don't feel like it, it it's bananas. looks that good and limited. It's complete bananas. So you, you counter their spell, 
like literally anything. And then you get to mana war something, which is very relevant and limited because there are always yeah. always creatures in play. It's also non-land permanent, so you can bounce any manner of nonsense. You can do whatever you want. And then you just get to make another thing of of uh, a copy of one of your things and draw a card. Like so if you yeah. if you go Spider count your four drop, bounce your other four drop, make a copy of my I can't remember the name of the card, but the five mana mana war, which is very, very good, and then bounce another one of your things, I've got a three two flyer and play and draw a card. There's just like, there's no way your opponent's coming back from that kind of value. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. This card, this card's like one of the best cards in limited. Like this and Elder Gargroth and and Bane's Night Ranger are just like the best cards in limited. Yeah, I guess I just I just keep thinking of like I guess I just compare it to Cryptic Command and I'm just like yeah, I'd rather pay two mana less and have a Cryptic Command. Yeah, but this wins the game far more than Cryptic Command does. Yeah, that's a fair. Putting this on the stack is more powerful than putting Cryptic Command on the stack. Like obviously, you know, mana cost aside. Depends on the situation because Cryptic Command can just be a fog, whereas. This isn't necessarily going to do that. Yeah, depending on the power level of the cube, I'd probably tape this over Cryptic Command in a cube. Ooh, interesting. It's it's interesting. it's very very good, especially given like the power level of ETB effects in cubes, probably. Yeah. Like it's also like if if you cast this with Eternal Witness, you just have an infinite lock. It's a it's a two card Eternal Command deck. Like six mana is a lot, but if you just get to cast this every turn, your opponent's not winning the game. Yeah. If I get to pair yeah, this with true. if I get to pair this with the uh, with Eternal Witness, I'm going to be very happy. Yeah, the uh, I think the, the most broken thing I've ever seen I've seen with it so far is uh, is with a torrential Gearhulk. Yeah, that's also very stupid. Yeah. Yep. Because you can you can Gearhulk it, make a Gearhulk, and then return the original Gearhulk to your hand. Yeah, it's incredibly dumb. Yeah, it's it's a cool. Card. I guess I guess yeah. I'm just looking at like the card next to it on Mythic Spoiler as well, like Paint of the Abyss. That seems like it could have been a Mythic effect as well. Like draw half of your library, yeah. lose half your life. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of like I guess we don't. It's very strange. We don't properly yeah, understand like, rarities. Like I'm pretty sure primal might could be an uncommon. Yeah, I'm, like I'm pretty sure a lot of these cards could be uncommons. I'm pretty sure a lot of these cards could be mythics. So just you know, we're not game designers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they they know a lot more than we do. Yeah, like if they just if they switch Grim Tutor with Peer in the Abyss, that would have been better. Wouldn't it? Yeah, and you switch discon- discontinuity into one Pythony, and I think that's fine. But I don't think it matters like at all. No, no it doesn't. I'm, I'm, I'm much happier that I can, I've got more higher chance of opening a Sublime Epiphany than Discontinuity Limited. That was fun. Awesome. Yeah, totally. Um, I yeah, really enjoyed doing this, this hit on myth thing. I think we should just do it for every set going forward. Um, yeah, rather than a set review, because everyone else does a set review. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite fun just to talk about the cards and not really define the rules of the game. Yeah, and not have to say this card is very, very good, because then three weeks later we're proven to be idiots. Yeah. <laughs> this is much safer. <laughs> awesome so on that note i think that's pretty much all we have time for this week uh, if you've enjoyed anything you've heard on the show if you completely disagree with our hit or myths come hit us up on social media on twitter we are at hfdcast facebook.com slash hfdcast or if, uh, if you really enjoyed anything and you want to give back in a monetary value you can hit us up at patreon.com slash rfdevastation although your money is, is is far far better served elsewhere currently yeah, give money to Belfans and to black people and to trans people and to people that have been horribly fucked over by their government because of COVID instead of us. But if you do, we, we still appreciate it. Also, send money to your LGS. There's a lot of good places to put your money that are probably better suited than us right now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> what a great Patreon pitch. Give your money to better <laughs> causes, please. Uh, you can find the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and also YouTube, assuming we do that again this week. Yeah. Just put it as many places as people want to find it. 
Um, if you want to go to one of those platforms and give it a, a like or a upvote or a comment or a review or just share it with people that you know, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. If you want to find me on my own personal social media, on Twitter, I'm at PeachGardenOath. Uh, Facebook.com, I'm Joe Loudon, you'll find me pretty much any of the magic groups. I also quite sporadically stream on Twitch and YouTube under Peach Garden Oath. You'll, you'll find me if you, you just Google that. You can find me on Twitter at Sneal69. Nice. And you can definitely find me in magic Facebook groups. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> That's all I'll say, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get kicked out fairly soon. Awesome. So once again, we are approaching the second hour. The Godbearer has returned, so we'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation. Thank you.